1: take some time and worship him i guarantee you would stop thinking about those problems i guarantee what you'll start thinking about is him and he will flood over you like a well of water washing you and you will just revel in his love revel in his love will your circumstances change i don't know maybe they will maybe they won't but your heart will change your heart will change that's the piece that we're talking about here today this is the peace that Jesus
0: is talking about to his disciples. Hard times overwhelm you and it's difficult to see hope. You don't feel the peace you want. So what do you do? Pastor Dave will give you the answer today as he shares a similar struggle the disciples faced. Come to Jesus. Stop focusing on what's wrong and turn your attention to the Savior of the world. Let him carry you. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 14 as he begins his message, The Gift of Peace. You are
1: We've been going through chapter 14 now for a while, but we are moving on. We're going to get out of chapter 14 today. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14, beginning at verse 25 through 31. 25 through 31, Gospel of John. We have been having a a good time going through these chapters. Things are really ramping up in the life of Jesus. He has much to say to his disciples, and we've been studying that all along through chapter 13 and through chapter 14 about this supper that they call the Last Supper. We've been studying that in length and in detail, and I didn't want to rush through it. I wanted to just dig all the meat we could out of each verse and just see what the Lord would show us. But now we are at the end of these wonderful, powerful verses, but he's not finished yet. He still has a lot to say to us. So um, if you found your way there, I will read aloud if you would follow along silently, please. Gospel of John chapter 14 beginning in verse 25. Jesus is still speaking to his disciples. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you, Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. So I want to start with, as usual, one of my famous questions. What does the word peace mean to you? Now think about it. The word peace. What does it mean to you? I'm not looking for an answer, but thank you. It was a rhetorical question. It does mean comfort. Keep that in your mind. Many think that peace is the absence of war. In fact, if you look it up in the dictionary, one of the definitions of peace is the absence of war. Others think that peace is the absence of tribulation. Absence of difficulty. There are some who think that peace is financial security. Some people think that peace is being secure in a relationship. A healthy relationship. Some people think that peace is having good health. Still, some of us think that peace is a greeting that we used to use back in the hippie days. Peace, brother. Some people who watch tv a lot think that peace is the way of signing off the program peace out so the word peace has many different connotations it has different meanings but to the jewish people especially to the jewish people of this culture to the jewish people of this time frame which jesus is in the word peace is the most precious word you could think of Hebrew word for peace, shalom, shalom. And it means so much more than the absence of tribulation, so much more than the absence of difficulty, so much more than financial security or healthy relationships or, or good health or the absence of war. It means so much more than that. The root word of shalom is the Hebrew word Shalom, which means to be safe in mind, body, and estate. So when someone says to you, Shalom, they are wishing you wholeness. They are wishing you completeness. They are wishing you health, security, even prosperity, but in the best possible sense. For Shalom means God's peace. Shalom means God's peace, because if you are enjoying the peace of God, if you are reveling in his peace, which by the way is a gift given to you that we receive by faith, if you are enjoying God's gift of peace, then you have joy, inexpressible, you have joy deep within it doesn't mean you walk around with a goofy smile on your face, but you have a joy deep, deep within your heart. And you are content even in the midst of the most dire circumstances. There's a contentment in you because you've received and accepted God's peace. Paul says, I've learned how to be abased, learned learn how to do a bound. But I've also learned how to be content in all things. I'm paraphrasing. I've learned how to have nothing. And I've learned how to have everything. But I've learned how to be content in everything. That's God's peace. Being content right where you are. Right where you are right now in the life that you are living So as we look at our verses, Jesus takes this normal hello and goodbye and he fills it with deep strength. He fills it with deep meaning as he continues to try to comfort and ease the hearts of the disciples because he's departing soon. He's told them many, many things and we're going to kind of review some of the things that Jesus told them. But after he said he was leaving, they blocked everything out. That is all they heard. I'm leaving, you can't follow. That's all they heard. And this sets up this final stage of chapter 14. The meal, which many believe was a Passover meal, is now winding down. But man, what a night. What an eventful night. If you go all the way back to the beginning of chapter 13. What an eventful evening. Many, many lessons were taught. Wow. It began as soon as supper was over. As soon as they had eaten their meal, Jesus gets up from the table, takes off his outer garment, wraps a towel, girds his loins, wraps the towel around him, and washes the disciples' feet. Even Judas's. Who was there? He washed their feet, demonstrating to them the most humble example one could ever see. The master, God, the creator, stooping down at the dirty, smelly feet of each disciple and washing them. What an example of humbleness. And then he says to his disciples, you do the same for one another. You do the same for each other now. Do as I've done to you. You do that. You go out and show the world this humbleness. When he was finished with that, he really started to blow their minds. One of you is a betrayer. And they all went around, whoa, wait a minute. Is it I? Is it me? Am I the one? See, they didn't even know it was in their own hearts. They were second-guessing him. Is it me, Lord? Is it me, Lord? Then he says, I'm leaving And you can't come. And their minds were fried. Their minds were just fried because their master was leaving. Peter said, I'll follow you, Lord. I'll follow you wherever I go. In fact, I'll die for you. And Jesus said, really? Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times, Peter. Big guy. You'll deny me. These guys were, wait a minute. If the leader is going to deny him, what about us? What are we going to do? They were fried. Their hearts were troubled. Jesus says, what is your heart's trouble? You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he proceeds to tell them where he's going and why. I'm leaving you, but in my father's house are many mansions. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. And because I'm going to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come and get you. And when I get you, I'm taking you back with me because I want you with me. But they didn't hear that. Their hearts weren't calm because Jesus said he was leaving. He was leaving. I'm going. He told them that he and the Father are one. And if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. He told them to believe and ask anything in his name, and he would do it. He told them that they were going to do greater works than he did, than they saw. He told them that if you keep my commandments, you'll love me. And you'll show that you're keeping my commandments by loving me. And you'll show that you're loving me by keeping my commandments. He told them that he was going to live on. And they said, Because I live, you will live also. Because I live, you're going to live too. Speaking of the resurrection, speaking of eternal life. And once again, he told them that their love for him would be demonstrated by keeping his words and commandments. And by the way, he said, My commandments are burdensome, they're not heavy. Can you imagine what was going through their minds? I can only imagine what was going through their minds after all this. But Jesus, knowing what was in their heart, he wanted to finish up by making sure their hearts were not troubled. He wanted to make sure their hearts were soothed. One of the best ways to soothe a troubled heart is to bathe in the Father's love. One of the best ways to soothe a troubled heart is to bathe in the Father's love. When you feel alone, when you feel like no one cares, when it seems like everybody has left you, when you feel that hopelessness creeping into your life and you're leading into despair... when you you feel like you have no place else to turn, when you feel like you have been abandoned completely by everyone, let the Spirit of truth. Let the Holy Spirit reveal the love of God to you in a deeper way than ever before. Spend some time with the Holy Spirit. Spend some time praising God. Spend some time praising the Lord and let the Holy Spirit lead you into the love of God and show you just how much He loves you. Show you just how much it cost Him to love you. Just how much he wanted you by his side. When you do this, heaven will come to your heart and your heart will be overwhelmed. You got problems? I believe you. Trust me, I believe you. There's enough problems to go around for everybody. You got some? What are you doing with them? Are you sitting there? Are you praising God? And thanking Him and knowing that you're going to spend eternity with Him. Because I tell you right now, if you would take some time and praise Him, if you would take some time and worship Him, I guarantee you would stop thinking about those problems. I guarantee what you'll start thinking about is Him. And He will flood over you like a well of water washing you. And you will just revel in His love. Revel in His love. Will your circumstances change? I don't know. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but your heart will change. Your heart will change. And that's the peace that we're talking about here today. This is the peace that Jesus is talking about to his disciples. He's trying to comfort them and he's still in a comforting mode. So he begins in verse 25. He said, These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. I'm leaving soon, guys. I'm going, but be comforted because Although I'm going, I'm sending someone in my place, and he's going to comfort you, even the spirit of truth. Not only will he comfort you, but he will abide with you forever. He's coming. And he makes this declaration. But the helper, remember he talked about the helper in verses 16 and 17? The helper, the comforter. Paracletus is the one, the one who comes alongside. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. What was he saying here? He's saying, guys, you have nothing to fear. You have absolutely nothing to fear. You might forget one of my words. You might even think you might misinterpret it. But the Holy Spirit is going to lead you into things and give you remembrance of what's happening. Why? Because his words are too important. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. God's words are too important to be forgotten. And when we forget those words, the Holy Spirit gives us words to speak, gives us words of life to speak. The Holy Spirit is going to teach us the truth from the beginning to end and bring memory in those words. Before here, Jesus called the Holy Spirit the comforter, but now he's clearly clearly saying the Holy Spirit. He identifies them that way, the one who is coming alongside them. Jesus is saying, I'm not going to speak to you the same way. I'm not going to be talking to you like this. I'm not going to constantly be talking to you one-on-one. The Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to teach you. He's going to lead you. And he's going to empower you. He's going to give you the all things you need. The works and teaching of Jesus are going to continue, guys. And they're going to continue in you. Now through the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is now going to teach them all things. And the Holy Spirit teaches us that we should continue in God's love. The Holy Spirit shows us God's love and we continue in that love, continue seeking that love. The Son, the Father, all together. But we have a problem. We have a problem doing that. What's the problem? The natural man. The natural man doesn't understand the things of the Spirit. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. He says this, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by the one. What's he saying here? We get frustrated when we try to talk spiritual things to the natural man. They haven't been born of the Spirit, so they can't understand what you're trying to say. They don't know what they're trying to say until the spirit quickens their heart. The only reason that we can see it is because we have spiritual eyes. Unless you were born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. So we have spiritual eyes. You ever talk to somebody about spiritual things and feel like you're talking to a Barbie doll? They just kind of look at you with a dumb look as you try to tell them spiritual things. There's no comprehension whatsoever. Sometimes they listen patiently because they're trying to not bug you or disrespect you. Other times they scream back at you and yell at you for talking to them that way. I mean, this just the natural man. But the Spirit says he will bring to you all things of remembrance. So as you're talking to somebody, the Scriptures come. The Scriptures come to you. Now, I said this in first service, and I agree. What I need is I need a Bible for dummies. Well, I'm a dummy. I need a Bible for dummies. But the Lord has given me one. It's called the Holy Spirit. So when I'm witnessing to somebody, I don't constantly have to go, what was that scripture? Oh man, what what was that scripture? I had it right here. The Holy Spirit gives it to me. Now come on, wait a minute. You can't tell me, those of you who are witness people, those of you who are talking to talking to others about Jesus Christ, you can't tell me when you're in a great conversation with somebody about the Lord, all of a sudden you spew out this, this scripture and then afterwards you go, where did that come from? I didn't memorize that scripture. How do I say that? The Holy Spirit is bringing all things to your remembrance. I mean, after all, who's the author of the book? Holy Spirit, right? I think he knows what he wrote. So he's going to bring in the remembrance. Jesus wasn't going to leave these disciples comfortless. He wasn't going to leave them in turmoil. He wasn't going to leave them in fear. He wasn't going to leave them in dispute. So he looks at them, and the last gift he gives them before they leave the supper is his glorious peace. Shalom. Ah, oh, shalom. Look at verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. One commentator said, quote, this verse is among the most precious things Jesus ever said, unquote. Not only did Jesus promise to send the Holy Spirit to comfort their hearts, to give them comfort, but he also sent the Holy Spirit In the form of peace. My peace I give to you. My peace, my shalom, my wholeness, my completeness, all my love, all the security, everything I have, I give to you, my shalom, accept it by faith. What does Paul call this in Philippians 4, 7? The peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace that surpasses knowledge. To the world, peace is the absence of conflict. Peace to Jesus is the presence of the Holy Spirit in the midst of conflict. Are you agitated today? Are you afraid today? You don't have to be overwhelmed because the Holy Spirit wants you to have this peace, wants to pour out this peace upon you. What is your job if you choose to accept it, Mr. Phelps? Accept it by faith. Receive it. Receive it. Receive this beautiful gift. That's because he's promised never to leave us. He's never never forsake us. He's promised to bring us safely to his side. And when we're with enemy, when we're with Jesus, no enemy can defeat us. Are we not overcomers in him? Are we not more than conquerors in Christ Jesus? Read your Bibles. Come on. Are we not that? In Christ Jesus, that should give us our heart peace. Let not our hearts be troubled. Jesus is trying to comfort these guys. He wants them to be content with what they have, not what what they don't have. He wants their eyes on Him, not their eyes on I need this and I need that. I I won't be content until I have that. And I'm gonna hold my breath until I get it. He wants them to experience joy in their lives. A joy. And that's what this peace does. This peace gives you joy in the midst of horrible circumstances. We have been through some horrible circumstances in this church and are going through some right now. You're going to need God's peace to get through this. You're going to need the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to make your way to the other side through this. It only comes by trusting in Jesus Christ. It only comes by hoping in him and trusting in everything that he is. Not like the world trusts. Not like the world gives. Jesus says, I give you shalom. I leave you shalom. My peace. You are assured.
0: We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in John or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that A Sure Hope is an encouraging program for you, and if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m., and you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand and we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us for this edition of A Sure Hope.